Hi, I'm referee Mark Fralick. Thanks for joining me for the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. My guest today is Greg Austin. A resident of California near San Francisco, Austin is host and creator of the popular YouTube series, A Better Official, and also the new video series, Basketball Rules Expert. These videos are videos that you should definitely add to your continuous basketball officiating education. The best part is they're free to watch. He also has a website called abetterofficial.com. On today's High School Basketball Referee Podcast, Greg not only discusses his website and YouTube channel, but he also provides some excellent tips for high school basketball officials. Just to go over a few housekeeping things, uh, if you have a question that you would like me to ask a future official, go ahead and email me at markfralick at hotmail.com. You can provide your name and town that you live in. Uh, Just remember that there's new questions that I add each week. Uh, So look out for yours in the future. Also, you can help support this podcast by buying me a caramel apple cider, my favorite seasonal coffee shop drink. You can just go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash Fralick and click on the support button. My guest has had great success uh, with supporters buying him cups of coffee on a better official's YouTube page. But since I don't drink coffee, Uh, I'm opting for the wonderful caramel apple cider. (laughs) Also, I want to thank PQ2 LLC for being a major sponsor of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Owner and friend Matt Kearns has been a basketball official in Ohio for many, many years. You know, PQ2 LLC is an Ohio-based engineering and specialty thermoplastic resin distributor with more than 40 years of success in plastics manufacturing and resin distribution. If you are a processor, OEM, or an entrepreneur who wants to engage in a discussion, optimize an existing part, or develop an application, please give Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC a call at 330-888-9448. And finally, you know, this podcast can also be heard on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, as well as many other podcasting platforms. I hope you enjoy this episode and also take the time to listen to previous and future shows. Enjoy. So I was talking with one of my best friends in officiating recently, and we were discussing who I was planning on having the show. And he says, what about this guy on YouTube? that you use all the time. And when he was talking about use all the time, he meant uh, as as one of the presenters at our local association, uh, I present uh, videos every once in a while and I go to YouTube and I use this person's video quite a bit. Uh, it's, a, it's a great learning tool. So my buddy, Joe Allen, great idea. Thank you very much. Why didn't I think of that? But the podcast, this podcast that I'm doing right now, it, it was created to help officials both on and off the floor. It really doesn't matter if you live in Ohio, Maine, Florida, Texas, Colorado, California. The podcast is here to help high school basketball officials. And what better way uh, to do that than to have a guest on our show like Greg Austin. Uh, Greg created the very popular YouTube channel, A Better Official. Uh, If you haven't checked it out, 
You really need to go check it out. Watch previous episodes. There's a lot of great material there for, for high school basketball officials. Uh, he began this year some new videos titled Basketball Rules Experts, which puts the focus away from the videos and on the rule book. And so interesting, interestingly enough, high school basketball in California uh, isn't scheduled to start until March of this year due to the coronavirus. Um, but we're fortunate enough today to have Greg with us, and he's located in California, uh, around the San Francisco area, I believe. And I'm just beyond thrilled to have him on the show. And, and uh, even though we don't have video, we have Greg's awesome podcast voice. So welcome, Greg, to the show. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it. And I'm super excited to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about A Better Official for those who do not currently watch it. Well, A Better Official is a YouTube channel that is dedicated to helping basketball officials get better and take control of their officiating career. I started the channel in 2013, uh, you know, just feeling my way around. And now we have over 600,000 views and 6,600 subscribers and going strong. And we're just getting started with the brand new season, which I'm super excited about, um, which you mentioned our new show, The Basketball Rules Expert. Yeah. So tell me what made you start A Better Official on YouTube? Well, there were a couple of things. First of all, it, it became clear to me this uh, this was, uh, you know, I'm about five years into my high school officiating career um, that it became clear to me that the best way for officials to get better was through video. It's fastest. It's more most accessible to the average official. And um, I started the channel with that in mind. And again, just stumbling around, feeling my way out, um, started to produce some videos focusing on mechanics. I actually had a discussion with a partner, hmm, maybe my first year, second year. And he said, you know, the mechanics manual, ah, it's like Greek to me. I have, I have learning disorders um, and it's a super difficult to look at words on the page and translate them into what I'm supposed to do on the court. And I said, well, that makes a lot of sense. And why don't I, you know, start creating some videos that focus on uh, mechanics for officials that, you know, basically just translate what's in the official's manual into video form and see where we go from there. And that's kind of how things started to blossom a little bit then, huh? It is. It is. And, you know, I mean, it, just like you, I am a presenter at with high school associations in the area, and I would, you know, do video presentations for those groups and would publish those on YouTube as well because other people found value and interest in them. And, uh, you know, when I look at my early efforts, I was not a fantastic producer of videos, but at least I was, you know, I was, I was getting started. And just like in the officiating journey, we start, we're thrown onto the court, we do the best we can, we try to figure things out, and we get better over time. And so now I'm, I feel that we put out a pretty consistently excellent product with our YouTube videos. Well, you certainly do. And when did you know 
that this could really be something that's starting to take off and can really be helpful to other officials? Well, you know, I mean, one of the things about YouTube is it allows feedback um, from, you know, through comments. And I have a website, abetterofficial.com, where people can communicate through there as well. So I got, you know, a lot of feedback that this is super valuable for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'd get that feedback um, at association meetings as well. And it, you know, just further cemented the idea that video instruction is the best way for basketball officials to improve. And so I am super motivated to help basketball officials improve. And so, you know, that's the path I chose and that's what we're focused on. So one of the features on a better official is um, people get to offer you coffee, right? Mm, I love coffee. <laughs> so they get a chance to uh, really support your podcast by buying. How many cups of coffee have they purchased? Have they bought you so far? Oh, well, uh, last season was excellent. Excellent. Uh, I'm super appreciative. You know, anytime anybody, you know, donate some of their hard-earned money to help support the show right i i really appreciate it um and it's allowed us to get some uh, better equipment um going forward and i hope that shows in the quality of the video as well so you know the video quality is good the audio is quality good and a, a big part of that is uh, the funding that we've gotten through people making a contribution at uh, betterofficial.com slash coffee Yep, it makes a lot of difference, and it's always fun to read the names of all of the people that have donated. I think that's really great. So this year you started Basketball Rules Expert. Why? Yes. Well, um, the genesis of is that I have um, endeavored to start my preseason physical training, and I've been walking um, four to six miles every day for the past uh, six or seven weeks. And what I need on my walks is content that I can listen to. And I was thinking, well, the videos that I, you know, the, the videos that I have on the channel would not really be appropriate for that. I mean, you can listen to me talk, but it's missing the video component, right? Why don't mm -hmm. I create something that involves just audio and something that officials can sort of immerse themselves in and, and officials at all levels. You're a brand new official. You want to learn the rules of basketball. This is a fantastic way to go. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, you're an experienced official and the season's coming up and you just sort of need to get your mind right. How about we just put it on? We listen. There's discussion, just a little immersion, you know, a little comfort in the language that we use when we talk um, about rules. Um, and, you know, and obviously you still in that situation have the opportunity to, to glean something, pick something up, a little gem, a little jewel along the way, um, et cetera. And then I thought it would also be accessible for stakeholders in the game. I mean, there are coaches and administrators and people who are close to the game, uh, who put on tournaments, et cetera, run collegiate officiating programs, etc., who may find value in it as well. And I, I do mention in my uh, uh, episode zero that, it, you know, even parents have a chance to be part of a super small group, and that's parents 
who know the rules. That's, <laughs> I would love to see your first comment from a parent that would, uh, that that's not an, a basketball official. Um, once they go through these rules, that would be, uh, you might even be able to write a book after this. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. The, uh, but the rules, um, I think it's, uh, it might even become one of your podcasts. I mean, I think it's something again, like you had mentioned, you can take this with you. You can listen to it in a car on the way to work. You can listen to it. Now, on your walk, there's a lot of value in listening to uh, the rules. And one of the great things I found from watching it is that the way you pull out the specific rule that you're talking about and bring it out visually, uh, enhancing that for the reader to really focus on that specific rule. Uh, I just think it's a, a really excellent job by you and your crew uh, with, with the first two episodes that I watched anyways. Well, thanks so much. I was working hard today getting another episode in the uh, in the hopper, and it is scheduled to go live tomorrow. So, great. Can look forward to that. Great. And when this uh, when this podcast uh, airs, it will have already been published, so you can go through. And he might even have more than th- more than three by the time this thing uh, is published. So go ahead and and take a look at the, a better official. So this podcast, um, High School Basketball uh, Referee Podcast, uh, is broken into multiple parts, just like a basketball game. For those not familiar with it, we begin with the pregame, which is what we do as basketball officials, and then we move to the first and second quarters. We take a break for halftime, and then we come back for the third and fourth quarters before enjoying our postgame, and then finally all the officials that we uh, we have to make those quick decisions. And so the final last thing is the five quick decisions, a lighthearted list of questions that, you know, Greg, you may or may not have an answer for. We'll find out when we get to that point. So, uh, but before we get to the pregame, uh, I would ask you, you please just support this sponsor. Hey, ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, Connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. Okay, we're in the pregame. So the first question in the pregame that we want to go through is, uh, I guess, just talk about your journey into basketball officiating. How did you get into it? Um, tell you know, tell us a little bit about your uh, varsity, your JV, your 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 entire career, and and how it's helped you uh, as a person. All right. Well, um, my journey, my, the way I got started in basketball officiating was I had coached both my son and daughter um, through CYO, you know, um, through the eighth grade mm-hmm. rec ball. And um, when my daughter went to high school, she decided she did not want to play basketball anymore. And I was, um, uh, you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so I suggested to her that we, she and I, pair up and learn to officiate CYO basketball. You know, this is second wow. grade through eighth grade, little kids, uh, you know, playing basketball. And somehow I twisted her arm and talked her into it. <laughs> and start, we went, you know, went down for the cursory one hour lecture and uh you know maybe 10 minutes on the court and then off you know here's an assignment right show up there and officiate the game 
you know, really a sink or swim scenario. And, um, and so we, we started to get assignments and working together and, um, it became pretty quickly obvious that officiating was not for my daughter at her adolescent age. She was not into it at all. She, I mean, she just felt like everybody was against her. Yeah. And then contrast that with me. I'm like a duck in water. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was having so much fun and, um, you know, just like learning, uh, you know, with every game, the situations would come up. And so at the end of that season, I, I reached out to a local high school association and they were um, had just um, gained new schools and they were in a aggressive mode of adding new officials. They were having training sessions. See you in a couple of weeks. So that's how we get started. That that's how we get started in high school officiating. Wow. And, and um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I spent my first year doing freshman and JV games of all different levels um, of skill and et cetera, working with lots of different partners. Um, that's the way we do things out here in the Bay area. Mm -hmm. And, um, my second, then at the end of my first season, I reached out, I went to my first, uh, officiating camp and, uh, you know, saw the light about what I was going to need to do and, uh, added myself to a second association, which had a lot more opportunity for me. And so I started to get varsity games. They recognized in me somebody who was able to officiate a basketball game, able to start doing uh, higher level games, working with better partners. Um, and, you know, you could say the rest is history. I mean, I went through a second year, third year, fourth year, started getting state playoff games, um, and culminated with uh, a state final a few years ago, Great. which I was super proud of. And um, I've been officiating uh, women's JC basketball as well for the last uh, six or seven years. So it's a 13 year career. Like I, I like to, I like to say, uh, over a decade <laughs> as we say. And, uh, you know, so I got, I got a late start. Um, you know, I was, 46 i think when i started okay. like a lot of officials and um like i say my daughter it didn't didn't take to it but i i took to it like a duck to water yeah and i that's uh that's half the battle on officiating i think when you can go into um this hobby i guess is what we call it and when you can love it all of the time and i you might have bad games you might have frustration but deep down we really love it and i think that's that's what keeps us going and keeps us, uh, uh, keeps us with that love of officiating. Well, I definitely have that. I have a love of officiating. I have a love of, uh, training officiating as well. Yeah. Do you remember your first varsity game? Oh, I do. I do indeed. <laughs> Ner I do indeed. Nerves of steel it was or what? My first year. Really? Officiating high school basketball my partner and i have the jv game we're uh in the coach's office doing our pregame. uh some administrator comes in and says there was a snafu the games are switched varsity games now and the jv games uh you know at seven o'clock or whatever it was and my partner and i look at each other like oh my goodness gracious what are we going to do because he had never done a varsity game either so what are you going to do 
what are you going to do? Are you going to do what you can do? We're going to officiate the game to the best of our ability. Yeah. Right. And so it was, uh, I had, we, you know, there's no opportunity to get nervous, you know, like you get your first varsity assignment it's going to be in two weeks and oh boy, I'm going to gear up and do these things differently. Nope. It's like, that's the game. That's the game we have in front of us. Uh, let's go officiate it the best we can. And, uh, that was it. And, you know, of course the, the little secret about varsity basketball as compared to JV is it's in a lot of ways easier to officiate. The players are better. The coaching's better. The de- it's more demanding of the official, I think, but in a lot of ways, the game, you know, the game is easier to officiate. I'm curious, what do you, what do they pay in California in your area, anyways, for varsity? Oh, um, I work for two associations. They're a little bit different. I think varsity games last year paid seventy six, seventy eight per game. Mm-hmm. JV uh, low sixties and freshman. I don't do freshman games. I don't know. And you guys have a shot clock too, right? We do have a shot clock, yeah. absolutely. What one is of it? Seven, one of seven states that do. Okay, is that 30 second, 35, or how, how long is that? 35 for boys, 30 for girls. Okay. So the last question, we're here on the pregame. So uh, since we're in the pregame segment, talk about the importance of pregame and uh, prior to walking onto the floor and how important it is to have everybody connect and know what's going to happen, uh, I guess, with your crew before you go out on the floor. Yeah, it uh, it's you know essential. It's crucial, um, but there, it it operates on different levels. You may be working with a crew that you are very familiar with. You may be working with a crew that you are not familiar with at all. You may be working with a partner in a two person game that you've done dozens, if not more, games together. And you may be working with an official who is, this is the first time you've ever worked with him. So you need to find some common ground and get everybody grounded in the fact that we are going to now go out onto the court and execute. And we need to have our heads uh, aligned um, so that we're going to go about things in a certain fashion. I like to say we in a pregame, we'd like to lay out some sort of roadmap to success. You know, this is going to be our approach to the game, freedom of movement early on, cleaning up post-play, perimeter play, um, et cetera, seeing how the game develops, seeing what kind of game we have, and uh, making adjustments from there. Mm -hmm. But if we come up with a way that we're going to approach things uh, between us as a crew, and then we get some discrepancies when we get out on the court, then at the end of the quarter or at halftime when we come back in, Maybe we can attempt to realign or see where where we have to be, what our alignment has to be to go forward and and work through the game. So pregame is crucial it just in terms of getting that alignment and getting everybody's head straight. Obviously, different games um, offer, you know, some games you go in, and I know this about this team, I know this, this, their starter, their best player, the coach, the assistant, issues I've had with them, et cetera, et cetera. Other times, I have never seen Team A, and I have never seen Team B. And all I have is what I saw on Max Preps. I know the head coach, his name's John, and the assistant coach is named Jim, and their best player averages 25 points a game, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I know, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
there's there's different flavors and when you're more experienced of course you have the ability to approach pre-games a little bit differently and where you are in the season as well early in the season we're going to have this kind of pre pre-game pre late in the season when it's league games playoffs on the line or playoff games etc we're going to have a different type of pre-game as well mm -hmm. so crucial and essential and and an integral part of officiating so that ends our pre-game our first quarter upcoming first quarter is sponsored by this hey ref this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey, ref, click on www.pq-2.com. Welcome to the first quarter. In our first quarter, we talk about coaches and communication. Coaches and communication, that's part of the first quarter. So what have been some of the more beneficial tactics that have worked for you in dealing with coaches? Well, the first thing is when we walk onto the court, we want to, I and my crew, I want my crew as well, to exude a respect for the game, a respect for the stakeholders in the game, recognition that it's the player's game, the coaches have a really hard job to do, and this is not about me, this is about the game itself. If we exude that and show that in all our interactions with professionalism, that's appreciated by uh, coaches of all levels. They just appreciate coaches want officials who can take control of the game and administer the game in a fashion that they can trust. What we try to do from the outset is just exude that in our communication with them pregame, um, our uh, attitude on the floor, et cetera. So that's really the start of things is, is having that mindset and that approach. And again, to understand that, that their role, they have a tough job. Mm -hmm. They got parents to deal with and players, um, you know, who are doing great, who are not doing great, have disappointed them, et cetera. Uh, you know, some coaches don't have a lot of support. They were the one who had to set up the uh, the stuff before the game, the the clock and the shot clock, et cetera, put the chairs out. So they have a tough job. And again, it's uh, it's not about us. It's about the game and the role that the stakeholders in the game have. Any specific encounters that you've had with a coach? that might help bring some value to some of the officials that are listening? You know, I don't have a lot of coach encounter stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, obviously if you've officiated for 50 games or a hundred games or 500 games or a thousand games, you've had a lot of interaction with coaches. Um, 
none really jumped to mind. You know, uh, the best the best communication with coaches is where you recognize each other's role in the game, and that you can communicate honestly and with professionalism, and really communicate. Coach feels this is going on, and that they are getting the short end of the stick in this area, or that a player on the other team is doing something, right, that is disruptive and needs attention, right? What are we going to do? We're going to give them our understanding that we will look for what they want, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a given. Help us out. We'll help you out, et cetera, et cetera. And we have a a relationship that works together because we're all, um, I remember um, coach, a local coach came and spoke with our high school association and it's just like she said, we recognize it. We're all here for the kids, right? We're the we're the parents, we're the adults, we're the officials. We're all here for the kids. And when you recognize you basically have a, a shared role, that's helpful as well. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it's really important to keep that in the back of your mind, that it really is all about the kids. Um, but there's still going to be times, and you know this from your career, that coaches are not going to be upset and they don't want to listen. Um, how do you maintain that professionalism when coaches are not real happy? And uh, what do you do to remain calm? Well, first of all, it's just business. It is just business. I am not an emotional official. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get angry or, you know, have ups and downs emotionally. I'm here to administer the game safely and fairly um, to the best of my ability. Now, something Mark Davis, NBA official, says is we can let coaches have the last word, you know, in a conversation because in the end, we have the ultimate word in that we can um, enforce uh, penalties. We can apply penalties to coaches who have behaviors that are deserving of a penalty. Um, So try to listen, try to understand, right? If we listen and understand what they are saying, they are saying that was a foul. You missed the foul. Your crew missed the foul, right? Or, or whatever. Understand what they're saying. Sometimes they're saying words and they're meaning something else. They're talking about the overarch of the game or etc. If we really listen and try to understand what they are saying, then we can address that point with them. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but for me, it's just business. So I, I can remain calm because I just recognize my role is there to help and um part of my ability to do that and actually something um really thinking back to our that first time on the basketball court early my first season mm-hmm. etc as a 46 year old and i'm six five i can walk in the gym and people say well he looks like he knows what he's doing he's experienced right he's not a fresh-faced kid um and he's not, he can still move. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's meeting a lot of criteria. So, you know, uh, so, you know, sometimes, and that's something that younger officials face is just your comportment and the way you act is going to buy you credibility. Um, and I took every ounce of that credibility I could get 
It's like, you you think I'm, I'm experienced and I know what I'm doing? Perfect. Perfect. Um, but we can bring that gravitas to the game, and that's a calming force for, for coaches. If we communicate with them, a lot of times that's really all they want. If they exhibit behaviors that require a penalty, then we then we assess the penalty. This is, you know, it's not a big deal. We have a ladder uh, that we can go through. Coach, uh, yeah, I need you in your coaching box, et cetera, or coach, coach, I can't have you waving your arms, et cetera. And then, and then we can escalate and we can say official warning, coach warning, et cetera. And then we can go, uh, if need be, uh, to a technical foul. We have all of those tools in our tool belt um, and we can use them in a fashion that uh, is best for the game. All right, so that brings the end of the first quarter, and uh, the second quarter approaches uh, soon, so we want to thank our second quarter sponsor. Hey, ref, objectivity, integrity, and experience, all hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. Okay, and our second quarter begins, and we talk about player and communication. Uh, first quarter was about coaches and communication. Second quarter, we're hitting the players and communication. So what can you say about working with the players? What's helped you most in communicating with players? I love communicating with players. And again, like I said, with coaches, just our, uh, the way we present ourselves to the game is, first of all, respect, right? This is your game. Yep. This is your game. We're just here to officiate it. But it's you, a team A, you're playing team B. And you guys are going to have at it and play the best you can and have success and have failure. And it's your game. Um, I'd like to try to exude empathy uh, with players and always, always be polite and compliment the players. When a player makes a great shot or a great pass, I am all about it. That was awesome, right? Or I really appreciate you helping him up. You know, just, uh, again, showing them the respect of what their role is in the game is uh, is the best way to go. And if you have, you know, if, you know, respect is a two-way street, if you can detect that some players are not giving you that respect in return, then, they, then the antennas go up um, for those players uh, going forward as they may, you know, cause problems in your game. Mm-hmm. But having that approach of respect for the game and your role um, in their game is a great mindset to approach the game with. It really is. And and, uh, so we talk about uh, communicating and how proactive officiating really uh, comes into play when, when you're on the floor. Times when, as an official, you can utilize your voice to, and I don't want to say prevent things from happening, but to help players around things. And how do you utilize proactive officiating uh, maybe in the post or uh, maybe uh, out front when you have uh, guards uh, getting ready to make a drive to the basket and there's a little bit of contact, you can use your voice on that. So do you find yourself doing that as well? I put my voice in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes for the, for a better game. And I strongly encourage officials to do that. Um, it, it, it weaves into the fabric of the game, 
when you use your voice and you use your voice effectively. Now, it doesn't mean you're out there, you know, giving a running dialogue. It's just effective communication, one word, two words, right? Easy, easy, two players engaged, etc. You know, and, and you look for a reaction to your words. Sometimes there's a reaction, sometimes there, there's not. And, you know, maybe a whistle has to be blown. But um, definitely want to want to communicate verbally to players during the game. Um, we're going to focus on freedom of movement almost always. If you know impeding or holding, even a little, you know, I mean, you can have uh, you can have incidental contact or things where you can detect that this is going to be a problem or this is going to be an issue um, in just a few seconds if we allow this to continue, right? The way he's riding him out, et cetera. Um, you, you know, we'd say one word, easy, or knock it off, or stop that, easy. You know, you see a reaction, and they say, okay, we can't do that tonight. It makes your game better. So I'm a huge fan of putting your voice in the game. Yep, absolutely. Let's take a quick break. When we come back uh, from halftime, we'll head to the third and fourth quarters followed by post-game and the five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Ever have a thought while you're listening to this podcast? Man, I really wished he would ask this specific question. Well, if there's a question that you would like to ask an official, let me know. Uh, send an email with your question to markfralick at hotmail.com. That's Mark, M-A-R-K-F-R-O-E-L-I-C-H at hotmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from, and I will ask one of the officials in an upcoming episode uh, your question. Hey, Ref, this is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts, and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip? Nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. So the third quarter is about officials, communication, and crew dynamics. Um, and you know, again, we we've talked about coaching and communications, players and communications. Now we're talking about officials and communications. Let's talk about what officials can do to improve a crew cohesiveness during pregame, during halftime. And even during timeouts. Gotcha. Pre-game, right? And having a roadmap, having a mindset, this is how we're going to approach this game. Um, and if we're following the roadmap, right, we're calling uh, uh, freedom of movement calls on the perimeter. We've cleaned up. We're, we're calling fouls in the post. If we can get a call down at that end, it looks a lot like a call down at this end, et cetera. Then we're... Um, we're in a great shape as a crew. If we have inconsistency uh, with our roadmap and how, what we, how we wanted to approach the game or the way that we're calling the game, then 
um, we need to adjust. And when I say we, I mean we need to adjust. If my partner is calling, um, you know, traveling, you know, that's really marginal, then even though I may not be inclined to, I may need to uh, do that as well. Or suggest or, or try to communicate to the player that that kind of call is not what we need in this game. Uh, I'm sorry, communicate to the other official if that's the appropriate way to go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start with a roadmap. We see where we stand. We're going to, you know, veer to the left, veer to the right, try to come together um, and make adjustments along the way. Um, that can be, you know, at the first time out, um, at halftime, at an appropriate time, etc. Um, the other officials on the crew may need something from you. If you're going to be a crew chief, you need to be able to find what your crew needs from you, right? For some crews, it needs for you to get the hell out of the way yeah. and let them operate. <laughs> get the heck out of the way and let them operate. I'll let you edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast. It's okay. <laughs> get the heck out of the way and let them operate. Right. So, and others, others, uh, uh, officials may need a kick in the pants. It's like, come on, man, this game needs you and you're not giving me enough. Um, we need more or, you know, that was a tough call down at the other end, but you know, maybe it was 50, 50, but keep officiating. You're calling a great game. Don't let one call get you down, et cetera. Um, you know, and that can be during the game. We can do that at halftime, but at halftime, let's, 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 you know, see what the critical plays were in the game that, um, you know, if did we had a block charge down here and then down at this end, we had a block charge. We had different calls. They, there were a lot of similarities in the plays, et cetera. This coach is, um, you know, his soft point is traveling. He thinks the post player is lifting his pivot foot. Let's watch that, et cetera. We're going to, um, things we need to focus on. And most importantly, at halftime, is I feel is don't let people disconnect without reconnecting. If they need a moment to like, I'm not a basketball official for the next two minutes. I need to, uh, you know, just chill. And then I'll put my basketball official mindset back on. That's okay. But let's not start talking about, um, you know, the local team and how they did and, um, or what the assigner is doing to you, et cetera, et cetera. We need to stay focused on the game we have and not break that chain. That's something I found earlier in my career. It's like we sort of pull the plug. All right, halftime. Whew, yeah, okay, right? What are you doing the rest of the week, right? And you disconnect. And then, I oh, by the time I got up to speed, it was two minutes into the second half. So... Keep your crew connected and obviously finish strong. Game uh, needs us to be our best at the end. Yeah, you could call a perfect game, but the last five seconds, and we'll get to those last five seconds a little bit later, um, can really make a difference in how in how you're perceived at the end of the game. But we're, we're going to hold on to that to the fourth quarter. Uh, one, more, right. one more quick thing in the third quarter, um, and maybe we can talk a little bit about you, – you talked about uh, – officials coming in at halftime and having to possibly build them up also 
So, you know, as a young official coming up, that happens a little bit. You know, the, he comes in or she comes in at halftime and they're down. Maybe things aren't going the way they want to. And you've got to play the leader now. You've got to be able to come up and, and be able to, to provide those positive comments. What are some of the other pieces of advice that you would have for younger officials that are currently in lower levels that are starting to make that move to varsity now? What, what advice would you give to them? Well, in the big picture, I would say dominate what you can control dominate it right so um i can't control what the assigner uh, gives me i can't control those games i can't control um you know experience in varsity games i can't control that but i can't control my rules knowledge and i can't control my mechanics knowledge and if i dominate those if i know the rules and I know the mechanics on the court, then I'm going to be so much more at ease and comfortable and in position to succeed. If I'm weak in those areas, then I'm always a little bit on eggshells on the court. I'm hoping that nothing comes up that I don't know how to the rules or I don't want to call something when I'm not sure of the rule. Or I was surprised when my partner wanted to switch there. I didn't know we were supposed to switch there. And so we're just, we're, that is all going to creep into your game, right? And, uh, you know, that unease and not allow you to be the official, the confident official and ready for the next level official that you can be. So my advice is dominate what you can control. Absolutely dominate the rules book and the mechanics book, and then start to work on, you know, communication techniques, just steal, steal from more veteran partners uh, or games that you watch or demeanor that's displayed by officials on the court, etc. Those kind of things, we can start to work into our game and try things out, et cetera. Our, we, our ability to dominate those is a little less, but we can dominate what we can control. And in the end, that confidence, along with those skills of rules, knowledge, and mechanics, are just going to put you at the threshold, and you're going to get the opportunity, and you're, go, and you're ready to go. Yeah, I've got to tell you what, if, if any young official is listening to this, rewind that last question and play it again. That was just a perfect, perfect response. Uh, it, it really gave the young officials uh, a, a pathway to go to become more confident. And I just, I just love that response. As the third quarter ends, we want to remind you that the fourth quarter's next, and it's sponsored by this. Hey, ref. Rule 1, Section A, Article 3, in the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. All right, we're in the final quarter. A lot of things happen in the fourth quarter. That's why there's a variety of questions for the fourth quarter. But we have two scenarios here. Okay, so let's hit the first one. The game's tied at 60-60. There's five seconds remaining to go in the game. Team A has the ball inbound underneath their own basket, and they've called a timeout. 
What are you and your partner going to discuss during the timeout? Okay. All right. So we're at crunch time, and this is when we want to be at our best, right? We we're, we're, The game is partly in our hands here. Um, first of all, we need to know the basics. How many timeouts remain for both teams? Who has the possession arrow? Those basics. And then we need to start thinking through likely strategy and how we're going to approach the situation. What we're looking for, what we expect to have happen. They've been running um, elevator play to the side for their best player. Let's make sure the screens are legal. It's a tie ball game. It's a tie ball game. That is a factor in our decision making, right? If, if, if the game plays out, we're going to overtime. Mm-hmm. We want to think through likely strategy. We want to have last-second protocol in place. One official is going to have primary responsibility for whether a shot got off or did not, but I want everybody to have an opinion. Don't shirk from that responsibility. If we're in a two-person game and you are lead, the, 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 the shot may come from your prime, maybe a three-point shot from your primary. Um, have an opinion about whether the shot got off in time. Everybody on the crew, don't be a wallflower if, if you think that it did not. Um, this point of the game, we need to absolutely have high certainty. If we're going to put a call in the game here, if we're going to put a foul, well, I guess we also need to know how many, te- how many team fouls are there. Does the team have fouls to give? I apologize. I left that out. That's absolutely <laughs> crucial. Maybe the defensive team has a foul to give, and they're going to give a take foul um, when the ball goes to the perimeter or what have you to exhaust a little bit of time off the clock. But if we're going to put a call in the game, it's got to be high certainty, obvious foul. Grandma up in the 14th row. You see, she didn't actually see that well, but she better know that that's a foul um, for us to put a call in in this situation. Um, And just be prepared. If the ball goes in the basket, be super, or if there's a change of possession, or even if there's not, super aware of timeout requests and what the clock says when the request happens and we grant the timeout. Be super, if you know, tenths of a second can count in this situation. If it, if, if uh, the, it was granted at 1.2 and then the, the, the clock ran down to 0.3, let's make sure we put 1.2 back on the clock. Um, but that's how I would uh, approach that situation. So let's look at a similar situation. Only uh, Team B is now ahead 62 to 60. There's still five seconds remaining. Team A has the ball underneath their own basket and has a timeout. Now what are you going to talk to your partners about it at, at that timeout? Well, many of the basics are going to be the same. Obviously, we need to know timeouts, arrow, um, et cetera. Um, what do we expect to have happen? What do we expect the defensive team may do or the offensive team may do? They obviously have to score. They may, um, in this in a scenario like this, they think, oh, we're going to go to the basket and put pressure on the officials to make a call. <clears throat> I apologize. Again, high certainty. High certainty. Um, we don't want to put anything into the game that does not fit the way we've called the game um, to this point. And we need to be super uh accurate with last second shot whether it got off in time or not everybody have an opinion and uh let's let's do it yeah 
I get excited just talking. I about know, the I know, and, and your season's not going to start till March. I, I'm pumped up just listening to that. So that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you look at officiating, Greg, um, and I don't know what I don't know what you do for your professional career, but what do you gain from it professionally, even in your professional life um, out, outside of officiating, in your professional life at your work, or even at home? Well, I, you know, the. Officiating high school basketball and officiating in general. Officiating um, is it's a passion of mine, and it's something I really enjoy doing. So obviously there's a relaxation component of that, a satisfaction component of that, um, a, a feeling of giving value to the schools and the teams and the players um, through the service that we offer um, of officiating. So that, you know, that satisfaction and confidence you bring with you, you know, throughout your day, it makes you a better person. Um, obviously, you develop a lot of relationships uh, through officiating as well. Now, you know, obviously, it's critical that our officiating and our home life, you know, you bring up home life, mm-hmm. that, that we have uh, our priorities in place, you know, that we that we let our significant other know that basketball is more no no that's not what I was going to say that <laughs> obviously we need to we need to prioritize our family and our family's needs um, above uh, officiating but um, yeah so I'd say the calm and the satisfaction from officiating uh, has the biggest impact sure well that concludes our four quarters. And uh, the, the post game now is where we're headed to next, and that is sponsored by this. Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. So we're in the post game now and uh, we have one question on the post game and that is what's the best advice you ever received from an official uh the best advice i would say was you know being told trust yourself trust your abilities officiate your game and trust yourself you know don't have doubts you can do it i believe in you how about a coach has a coach ever said anything to you that you're like, wow, that was that was pretty good. That's great advice. Is it? Has that happened to you at all? Well, you know, coach. Usually, when a coach is giving you advice during the game, it's uh, I'm addressing questions and not statements, coach. Uh, but I've had some, obviously had some great interactions with coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, coaches, like I say, have a super hard job, and they can be super passionate. And you just, some coaches, you know, you have the utmost respect for, oh my mm-hmm. goodness gracious, this coach is so fantastic. 
with their kids. Those kids are going to get so much out of this experience with this coach, right? It just, you know, almost takes your breath away. And then you have other coaches who are, you know, less successful on that front um, and are, you know, uh, a disappointment. So I don't know that I don't know that I've ever uh, gotten advice from a coach. I've gotten some great feedback from coaches. Um, um, one, uh, I remember uh, Coach Lavadakis said, you know, it, it's just really obvious that you care about the kids, you know, and you care about the game. And I appreciate that. So that, that felt good to hear. Absolutely. That's a great compliment. That really is. Uh, those are the ones that you remember. So uh, that's the end of the post game, and so one final segment to go, and this final segment is sponsored by this. Hey, ref, PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night, year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. So every official has to make quick decisions. And uh, this is called five quick decisions. So we're oftentimes we're fed on Friday and Saturday nights. And uh, I'm assuming that you're fed also on Friday and Saturday nights or after any game during the week. But uh, we appreciate that more than people really realize. Because uh, a lot of times we might be coming from our work and don't have time to eat. So we get to the game and, and you know, we might want to grab something from concession stands there or, or they'll feed us after the game. What's the best food that you ever had at one of your games? Wow. So they feed you guys, huh? Yeah, they don't feed you in California? <laughs> no. No, they do not. Wow. You know, there'll be, uh, there'll be a uh, hospitality room, uh, you know, preseason tournaments, uh-huh. you know, featuring sandwiches from Safeway and what have you. But that is not a thing in California. Wow. We do not get fed. I can tell you that I've had some great post-game meals, um, you know, uh, when it's state tournament time crews are sent to various parts of the state um to officiate games you know it may be a hundred mile drive or 200 mile drive um and then the post-game meals are always super satisfying in those situations just because you've got a great crew your crews together um you've done a couple one or two or three games together um so those are my favorite post-game meals but uh hmm I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring up this subject of yeah. feeding the officials for Friday and Saturday nights. I like it. Well, we don't get it all the time, but you know, we've. I've been to places where there's a. Uh, I had a nice spread of Subway at one place. Our names are on the blackboard, uh, welcoming us to the school, and and they had Subway uh, right next to the locker, and it was fantastic. But you know, ma- mainly it's just you know the pizza, the hot dogs, the popcorn after the game, and and that's always great to see that that. Uh, uh, that they appreciate what we do and um, and we definitely appreciate what they what they provide as well so that's nice but it doesn't happen all the yeah. time yeah hospitality is great I mean yeah. you know even just the the water bottle or the uh, the name on the door is just showing you know attention is fantastic 
So the next two questions, um, a lot of people around here probably obviously won't be familiar with the schools in your area, but maybe you can just kind of describe them. But what uh, question two is what's the best basketball floor you've ever worked on and what are what's the toughest basketball floor you've ever worked on and why? Um, my favorite basketball court, I know, I know um, it's not a high school court, but I've done high school playoff games when, when the, the – so there's several schools, good schools, good programs in the area that have very small gyms. So when playoff time comes, the uh, the state says you're we're not gonna you're not gonna host your game in that gym. You need to go to a bigger venue. And one of my favorites is St. Mary's College in Moraga. The lighting is fantastic. The the space the the way things are configured, it, it, it's it's almost hard to explain, but it just jibes just right with my sensibilities. I love doing games on that floor. Um, but a couple of those schools that um, are, one is Bishop O'Dowd, which is in Oakland. It's in the Oakland Hills, and they have a super small gym, and there's no room on the sideline. Oh, my. There's no room. So the, the players sit on the front front row of the of the bleachers and literally the the player with a size 13 shoe their toes are <laughs> on the boundary line yeah um and there's no room for a table as well so they built a crow's nest like a loft from the ceiling that players have to climb up a little ladder to get to or, uh, the uh the scorekeeper and timer and, and shot clock up. I have to climb up a ladder and sit up there. So you report to a, basically a balcony and it really takes some getting used to and can create, uh, you know, extremely awkward situations. That being said, O'Dowd is a super strong uh, program on both the girls and boys side. And you can have some great basketball games there. So you're reporting um, the other, fouls. The other tough one I'd say is uh, Salesian, another local school and another band box, super small gym, no room on the end line uh, stage at one end of the court um, with, with the, uh, you know, kids hanging off of it. Uh, those small venues can be super tough, and especially if they have a, 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 a quirky configuration. Yeah, the one school, uh, you what you have to look up to report your files. Yeah, yeah, like the maybe twenty feet uh, above the court. Wow, that's yeah. That's so, different. so you obviously have to stand back from that and you know if you have a, a start the clock scenario the official opposite may have to mirror to help you know in a last in the in in our situation where the there was five seconds remaining in the game we want they want the official opposite and to make eye contact with the timer and say i'm going to chop it in because i know you cannot see that unless right. you look over the balcony yeah wow. yeah so it brings wow. up it brings up some you know additional things we have to think about as a crew but What's, That's what we do. What's the funniest thing a player or coach ever said to you? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on that. I love coaches <laughs> who uh, who make funny comments about their players. I can't think one off the top of my head, but um, a coach with a good sense of humor is is of great value. Great value to the game. Can really uh, cut the tension if there is any. That really can. I I have. Uh, many of those guys up this way that are fun to talk to during the game, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. What uh, What's the funniest thing maybe a fan has ever said to you? 
Um, when I think about that question, uh, a situation comes to mind where it was all the fans. Um, uh, this was maybe my second year of officiating, and I've got a varsity game at Hercules High School. And the Hercules head coach was chirping, chirping, chirping. And at some point late in the first period, I give the – I don't think at this point in my officiating career I'd ever done it before, but I gave him the big hand. Coach, that is enough. I mean, it was dramatic and emphatic. That's enough. <laughs> Fantastic. We go along. Maybe we're in the second period. Players bringing the ball up the court. A coach steps onto the court. He's got his clipboard. Gives me the signal on his shoulder for a 30-second timeout. Blow my whistle. Timeout. Oops. The other team had the ball. Uh, Everybody in the stands almost in unison. Ref, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) They cracked me up. So... That was memorable, memorable, and it was really funny. Yeah, you know what? These, the, I'll tell you, the the funniest thing a fan ever said to you always gen- seems to generate some great responses. The fans are are really special. That's for that's for sure. And they at least made they made light of something that really uh, probably made you feel terrible, anyways. But at the same time, now it becomes funny instead of something terrible. So it was. Yeah. Well, I want to thank Greg Austin, creator of the YouTube series A Better Official. Also, abetterofficial.com is the website. Be sure to visit both the website and A Better Official YouTube channel. He's beginning this year. He has already begun the Basketball Rules Expert video series. It's a fantastic video series. I recommend all officials checking all of this out. I really thank you, Greg, for your time today uh, in California. Uh, for joining the high school basketball referee with Mark Freilich podcast. This has been a great interview. Thank you very much. Mark, I am super appreciative. You brought me on and you're doing a great job with the podcast. I wish you nothing but success. I think you can add value to the high school officiating community and stick with it and make it better with each and every episode. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, thank you very much for listening today. You know, Greg was just fantastic, and I appreciate the time that he took out of his schedule uh, from California to speak with me on the phone. I hope you're able to take something positive away from this show that helped your officiating career. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast, you can do so on Spotify. Apple and Google Podcasts, along with several other podcasting platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That way you receive the updates right away that, uh, on your phone that they're available. And uh, again, if you want to support the podcast financially, you can do so at anchor.fm backslash mark Fralick. I thank you for tuning in, and you have a great and fantastic and blessed day. Thank you.